again to another episode of The Legal Bit. For our new listeners out there, welcome to this uh, podcast series about video games and law. Uh, here we dive into video game law community a bit more of who we are and what we do and what the current hot topics in the industry are. And I am happy to say that we have reached a milestone here since this is our 10th episode. And for the 10th episode special, I actually came back home to my home country, Finland. Uh, though for real, this is more of a coincidence rather than anything else, but it's a good coincidence. And I'm especially happy to be at the Supercell offices right now and with our guest speaker here to talk about some of the basics of mobile gaming legal issues that I'm actually very curious to dig into. So I would like to welcome Hannu Partanen for this episode. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you doing today? Very good, very good. Yeah, I'm really thankful for your time. I get that you must be very busy now uh, with everything, but would you like to tell us more about yourself, about your legal background and what you currently do? Of course. Um, so yeah, my name is Hanno. Uh, I'm a lawyer at Supercell, uh, one of the four lawyers we have here. Um, I started working here back in 2014 uh, in-house, uh, but before that I worked for Supercell through a law firm for roughly one and a half years. Um, this was not my first like games industry job, so before that I was at Rovio for, for a bit, and then also in private practice where we set up this kind of games industry practice group. So I was serving serving various different games companies there. So did you want to, did you see yourself naturally want to dive into like being in the video games field? Like is it mm -hmm. like, I do feel that you are like a gamer yourself that you wanted, this is something you wanted to do or? Um, I wouldn't call myself a hardcore gamer, but I, we, I've always been into games. So, so back when I was younger, I was, like at home, I was kind of like a PC guy playing like strategy and city building mm. games, you know, like Civilization sure, and, yeah. you know, then Starcraft, Warcraft, mm. and then these kind of like transport, the <laughs> transport tycoons and, and those, yeah. and then a bit like, you know, Heroes of Might and Magic and that sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't have any consoles. My friends had consoles, so mm. I played like my Nintendos and Sega Mega Drives <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, you know, my grandparents had a Commodore 64, so... Mm. I played right. like that, that sort of stuff at my friends' places, and then at home I was more like a mm. strategy guy. Um, but then, you know, when I started studying, and uh, that was taking like more of my time, and, and I had like less and less time to pay, uh, play, and, and the oh, sessions same. were... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the sessions on PC, they were super long. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I had this kind of period of maybe five years or something that I played a lot less. Mm. But then mobile games came, yeah, mobile yeah. games came in and I'm being really happy for that. Yeah, that guy became more of a trend at least. Or like, I feel like now, like I feel like people used to not take mobile games as seriously, or they used to be just like quick, small things. But I feel like nowadays, I feel like phones are also capable of like handling a lot more complicated, really interesting games. And it's really yeah. cool. It's very cool. It's super cool. Yeah. I um, but when did you realize that it was something that you could do, like work with video games, I guess? Mm, I think it was uh, largely an accident, as many things in mm, life are. Um, so I was at this Finnish law firm called Fondia, and uh, I was doing a lot of like tech and IP stuff there and serving a lot of startups. Uh, so then Rovio had just launched Angry Birds, and the company was growing a lot. And... Uh, Back in the day, in the day, they were actually using another law firm, but then they had this one contract negotiation where that other law firm was conflicted, and then they recommended Fondia, mm. and then Rovio started actually using Fondia quite a lot, and, and uh, they didn't have their own legal department back then, but they needed a lot of lawyers, uh, so that's 
when I kind of like ended up there as kind of a, full, a full-time second band. Yeah, that's definitely like a prime time to enter the Rovio field at least. <laughs> yeah, that was in 2011, so yeah, it yeah, was like yeah. time of the like fast-paced growth. Yeah, very and cool. And it was uh, like a marvelous experience. And yeah, I was super happy for that. And of course, that was a good reference mm. for the company. Absolutely. So, yeah. so we got other clients as well, and eventually Supercell too. So yeah. So. It, it was kind of an accident, you know, just like one other law firm being conflicted yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you get get a client and you realize, of course, I had always liked video games and consumer products mm. and consumer tech in general. So it was kind of a natural fit. Yeah. But I, I wasn't like thinking that, hey, I want to be a games lawyer. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Now that I'm here, I really like it because I don't find myself as this kind of like traditional lawyer who would wear a suit and yeah, you know exactly. be like mm. talk like really conservatively and you know mm. yeah so. so how would you compare then like your like current in-house experience to working in like a law firm like how like do you feel that this kind of a like working as a lawyer here is more i guess not relaxed but kind of like as you said that like you don't need to wear suits all the time mm -hmm. and then it's like very unique and like what what do you feel like the transition is to you i guess i think it's good i think it's mm -hmm. good um and i think personally when i'm in house my interests uh with my like quote unquote client are more aligned because i mm -hmm. don't need to like create billable hours and i'm not like incentivized for that right. so then i can actually you know spend like a lot of time on a small case which i find important <laughs> whereas if i would be an you know like outside advisor they might not be willing to pay so much but but you know like one case might be important yeah fair enough you know mm. so i don't have that kind of conflict conflict anymore and that i enjoy a lot yeah very yeah. interesting yeah, yeah. And then you can get like a super deep dive yeah. and actually like be like right next to the business and yeah yeah like this like business advisor yeah exactly yeah oh, that's very cool it's good fun yeah mm -hmm. Then, uh, how do you see the video games industry be unique in Finland in comparison to other countries? Uh, I think one of the biggest uh, things we have in Finland is the kind of openness and the sense of like information sharing. So companies, you know, they don't like NDA each other. So people are super open about their projects and what they are doing. Mm. And companies are exchanging a lot of information, you mm. know on high level that, hey, we have this problem. Well, how do you solve this? And so it's like more of like a stronger cooperation with one another or yeah, yeah, right? there's a really strong community. And that mm. holds also true amongst the lawyers in right, the industry. Yeah. So there's not that many like games lawyers in Finland. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to team up. Mm. Yeah, I guess like now living in London, I feel like there's a lot of like competition. Or is that like what you're referring to as like people rather like working together knowing that the community is so small mm. versus like in other countries it's more of a okay it's still like a business it's still like mm. something that like we as a firm are working on our stuff like this and like our company like this or... mm. yeah yeah i think it's like the more traditional ways to do it in like silos yeah fair enough yeah, yeah i'm not saying that everybody else does it in silos yeah I, sure, sure sure i think yeah. there's a change in change in the industry in general as well mm. but finland has traditionally been really strong on that so yeah yeah so that's been good very yeah. cool Okay, mm -hmm. I guess we can then transition to the general topic of the podcast, which is the general legal issues in the mobile gaming industry. Mm -hmm. So would you like to tell us more about like what are some of the current legal issues in the mobile gaming industry or what like your everyday job is like or what do you cover usually? Mm. Okay, so we start with the kind of topical issues. Uh, I guess one one topic that's like super 
uh, central to games industry is the loot box discussion. Mm. I think it's overhyped a little bit. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think the kind yeah, of yeah, I know. Like, I see it like yeah. everywhere nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I feel that there's a lot of like bad. There has been like bad practices in the industry, mm. and and this is kind of a backlash mm. due to that. Due to that, and some some companies have not been providing like enough transparency to players so mm. players don't know what they're buying and sure yeah and all of that so so from that perspective i think it's a good good thing that that there's more clarity mm. coming around that but then the kind of gambling discussion part is yeah is i think there's like too much focus on that because i at the end of the day i feel that's kind of like consumer you know like transparency and fairness issue yeah i think that i saw recently news about like okay that there are some countries like maybe belgium or something that who approached this in a more in a gambling sense but then i think sweden was the one who recently was saying that this is a consumer protection problem mm. rather which is like an interesting approach i guess yeah and yeah I, i think in that sense i i could see that in that sense because i feel like there has been so much of discussion as to like who would have thought that like we have to talk about gambling issues in the video games industry yeah but then again like it, I, i can see technically it is it's kind of like trying to like how do you say like trying to dig into like the psychology behind that and like mm-hmm. kind of use it as an advantage but at the same time yeah i think it's more on the <coughs> issue of consumer protection maybe yeah but is there any other legal issues that revolve around mobile gaming industry um well one thing Especially thing think about mobile games. Traditionally, it's been like super easy to just you know like push a button and then you're available everywhere globally. Yeah, yeah. So one trend that we are seeing right now is that there's more and more like fragmentation in the market. Mm. So there's countries like you know like China is requiring you to have a publisher, and that's been kind of like like known about for mm. a long time. But then there's like other countries like Vietnam is now mm. pushing in that direction, and then some countries like Russia are having these kind of data localization laws that, right, yeah. you know, because it's really easy to have just like one data center somewhere and, yeah. you know, everybody play on the same servers. But mm. but then these types of things are making it more like, you know, difficult to just like push the button and go. Sure, yeah. <laughs> go global. Mm. And that trend is also like a little bit visible in the kind of privacy and data protection mm. sphere as well. So now we've had GDPR for one year, and I think that's a really good thing. Mm. Um, and and uh, many countries are kind of like copying GDPR, yeah, so yeah. to speak. And and you have like laws in California and you know like New York and elsewhere, and they're like similar but not the same, you know. Right. So then, like a subject access request might be different in California and different in New York and mm. different in Finland. But it's kind so, of following that same yeah. mindset, at least. Yeah. Yeah, but right now the implementation might actually be different. So. Mm. So how do you make a process that's compliant globally? Yeah, um, fair so enough. Especially that if if I like a game like like for Supercell games that they are so global, then mm-hmm. how do you handle that globally? That's also like an interesting mm-hmm. issue that I always wonder. Like, do you more or less follow, or do you kind of like make sure that it is it's complying with like every jurisdiction, mm-hmm. or rather like okay, since this is like. Finland, like the headquarters is in Finland, then it mostly follows like what the Finnish. Uh, like rules are i guess mm. or how do you feel that like how, it, like do you need to like really take into consideration consideration every single jurisdiction and make sure that your mobile games are like complying to everything mm. or yeah that's one of the most difficult questions you face yeah. <laughs> if you work in a kind of international context and, yeah. and from like supercell's perspective we have really small game teams and really small like tech teams mm. so every time you need to do something custom for one market that's going to be away from like you know like doing great game update yeah <laughs> you know 
Um, and of course, we want to take that side also seriously mm. and not just focus on game updates. But there's like different strategies. One way would be just to look at your, your like top 20 markets in terms of players mm. uh, or revenue. And uh, another way would be to focus on like, you know, like markets that are like really aggressive, aggressive or litigious. And, right. you know, uh, yeah. it's always a balance. And, and you can't, of course, or you could look at like, you know, like 150 different markets and mm. do a legal review every time you go, that is go so live. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that's just not going to cut it. Yeah, you know? for sure. So then we would never make games. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's difficult to find the right balance. Um, and, and of course, we want to be like really responsible on that as mm. well. Well, but that's also one way to kind of, uh, or one way to tackle that is also to talk to other lawyers. Yeah. You know, no, hey, what type enough, of trends yeah. are you seeing? Oh, mm. in that country, this this stuff is happening. Yeah, I didn't yeah, hear yeah. about that. Then uh, let's dig into that. So I think information sharing is crucial. Ah, uh, now I see where the information yeah. sharing is coming from. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, right. that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't um, need to be in a silo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, then is there any like IP issues that come about a lot? Mm. Good question. Um, well, the the copyright directive is still kind of like in the works and remain or remains to be seen, like how that will be yeah. implemented yeah. in the EU. So there's a lot of like question mark around that. And that's very true. Yeah, I'm very curious to know how that's gonna go yeah. because I feel like it's such like a controversial topic. Especially, I feel like the internet has been talking about the article well, 17 currently, but Article mm. 13 and Article 11 and how that's going to really hurt the games industry and every mm. other industry and all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm very curious to know as well how that's going to be. Yeah, and of course, out. there's a lot of like lobbying around it as yeah. well. So there's like noise. So it's difficult to say like what is actually going to be a real issue and <laughs> yeah, absolutely. what will not. Because the intentions of that directive are like really good. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. course, the implementation might might, might, might fail, but, but let's see. About <laughs> we that. will see. We will see. Yeah. Remains to be seen. Yeah. I think it's like within two years that all the EU member states have to implement them. But yeah, I you know, wish for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. uh, then what do you see personally as the biggest legal issue? Or is there anything that like we that you think that people should be more aware of, like of a rising problem or anything at all? Mm. Good question. Um, other than the ones I already mentioned, the kind of mm. trends, trends yeah. in the industry, I, I don't I don't think there's like like very big issues as long as you're kind of trying to make like a responsible game in a responsible way and you're not trying to like you know squeeze yeah. <laughs> squeeze money out of the players and there, there are that kinds of practices and i think those are not good of yeah. course but if you're if you're making like a responsible game in a responsible way then mm. you're more or less already Fair enough. Like yeah. that, yeah, you know. Then I guess it's this kind of brings me also to the question of like, I guess there's a difference between small developers and then bigger companies. And I feel like a lot of, well, a lot of small developers, especially, or like individual developers, like they might not necessarily know a lot of these things or like they don't necessarily know like what their rights are. Or what do you think that some of the major differences between small developers and bigger companies that one should be aware of when it comes to like, their own rights or like just creating a game or like what do you see in Finland especially because I feel like there are so many people or like it's so easy to kind of create your own mobile games mm -hmm. and I, don't know, I have a, a lot of friends like who are like all the university or something and then they mm -hmm. like create games themselves because it's that easy for them yeah yeah well if you think about a game right. <laughs> it's based on IP and and you know yeah it's an I intangible asset and and uh and often when you're making a product, you might not be 
super focused on paperwork mm. and of course it's kind of a good thing that you're <laughs> focusing on a product and not not paperwork mm. like primarily but of course you need to take into notice that that you should like have sufficient rights to the game yeah. that you own the game and nowadays there's you know like like the net there's like a big network <laughs> around game development that you you know you get an artist from there and somebody does music from there and mm. you know that person would do some server you know development work so like ensuring that you have the kind of right contracts in place mm. and then when you you know get stuff from github or you know i just yeah. use this piece of code because it's good yeah um, you just like looking at the license text that mm. might be sometimes forgotten fair enough yeah so yeah. so it's kind of understandable but but i think that side could be paid more mm. attention to mm. in general that you actually have the kind of like own ownership and sufficient licenses mm. so it's not really like a very complicated question but that often gets forgotten yeah. yeah yeah i feel that that a lot of times like uh for small developers that they don't really know the extent to like what they can protect i guess mm -hmm. and that's where i feel like i've seen a lot of issues with um like video game cloning and mm -hmm. then a lot of times that because it's so easy to kind of clone a game without mm -hmm. like infringing on anyone's rights and then I feel like, especially that there must be a lot of video game clones as well of Supercell games, of something that pretty much takes the essence of like what it is. And I feel like, especially for like a small developer, it's kind of easy to for it to kind of get copied and then that kind of getting lost along the way. Mm. That that I guess I've been for a long time curious about how they can like really kind of understand like, or what they can even do for themselves, which mm. is like an interesting thing for me at least that that's, yeah. Yeah, the cloning topic is is complicated, of it's course. Very, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then if you want to litigate, that of course costs money as well. So, yeah, exactly. You know, um, yeah. You just change the kind of yeah. I'm not using your characters, but you know my game progress is identical, and yeah. you know the UI is identical, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. different. The buttons are a little bit different looking, but yeah. <laughs> they're in the same places and they have the same functionality. Yeah. So that's. Do you feel that it's a problem for? Supercell, that there are a lot of video game clones, or do you feel like it does it even hurt the market at all? Because mm. I feel like there's a lot of arguments there as well that like, well, it's like part of like the market flow as well. Like it doesn't really hurt the company as such and all mm. that stuff. Or what do you feel personally? Well, I think if you think about like entertainment in general, like you know, like music industry, then you like what music is original and Fair to what enough. extent yeah. are you inspired by others? Yeah. So of course, like you know, you know, you can't own a genre really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So, so everybody's kind of inspired by others to an extent, but of mm. course there is a line that you can cross and mm. you're like copying too much or yeah. like cloning too much. So, so I, I wouldn't feel like it's a problem because I feel that for us, mm. our strength is having like really good game teams yeah. who make a good service. Mm. So the game is not really like a product that you just ship out and then, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. you know, so just keeping it updated, updated and innovating. Mm. I, I guess that's like really difficult to copy <laughs> if mm. you just like copy the appearance of the yeah, game. Yeah, very true. So we feel that that's our strength, mm. and uh, it keeps us kind of ahead of the competition. Mm. <laughs> and we that's try, very we nice. try to trust yeah. in that. So of course you could litigate like all the clones you have out there yeah. who have like similar names and similar look and feel. But yeah, but yeah, it's a good question. Is it like worth the effort? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel that like Supercell is unique in the sense that like their games are there's some essence to it. And I feel like a lot of my friends, especially like with the new Brawl Stars game, mm -hmm. that like they really just appreciate like there there's so much that comes into it, the whole experience of it, mm -hmm. that I feel like it's really hard to actually like imitate that. 
And I feel like that's a lot something that a lot of people appreciate, which, yeah, now it's really nice to hear that as well. Like, wow, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but how do you feel that like if one wants to be in a mobile gaming industry, how do you feel that one can prepare for it? Because I feel like especially there's a lot of things that people like, yeah, like people can't really prepare for. Like the games industry really moves on fast and there are a lot of new like issues that someone needs like we need to be prepared for but how do you feel personally that like one can be yeah ready for or prepare themselves as much as they can mm -hmm. uh, that's a really good question mm. um, I guess having like a genuine interest in the industry mm. is always an asset so and that holds true for like working in any industry I think if you if you're interested in the industry the work content will be more interesting for you sure yeah um, and you you will be more like appealing as a kind of a employee or potential employee as well um, so getting to know the industry and then just like finding out what's out there and you mm. know reaching out to people <laughs> mm. that, that's already helpful if you think about Finland there's not that many jobs out here and some companies might not be actively looking for lawyers yeah sure if you just you know look up who's working at this and this company on, mm. on LinkedIn and then reach out to them. Yeah. That's sometimes like just like being brave. You yeah. Know, um, yeah, fair enough. Kind of in the know. And of course, it's largely part of chance yeah. or dependent on that. Like if you look at like my, my work history. Yeah, yeah. Like how like, it's like a happy accident in the end. It was totally well. random. You yeah, know? yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I guess we can then end the episode here. Or do you have any final notes to the listeners or anything at all? Or any final thoughts or anything at all? Um, first of all, I think this is a great, great subject for a podcast. So, <laughs> so th you. thank you for having this. Yeah. And thank you as well for it's being good here. good series. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I guess then I can then thank everyone for listening to this episode of The Legal Bit. And don't be shy to spread it and share it and recommend it to anyone who might be interested to know some of the legal bits of the gaming world. And hopefully see you guys in the next episode then. Mm. Bye. Bye. <laughs>